It's really amazing what the Lord has done. We give Him all the praise and we're just getting started. Today, just uh, briefly with the time that we have, I want to look at some ideas together um, and just kind of uh, place things on the map for us. Let's go to the book of uh, Job chapter 33 and verse number 14. For God does speak, now in one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. God is a speaking God. He speaks, but his speaking or his speech only takes effect when it is received and grasped properly. We have to have this thing of perception in order to understand and receive the word of the Lord. The Bible says that God called to Samuel. He heard the voice, but he did not perceive that voice to be the voice of God. May the Lord give us an ear to hear what the Lord is saying, because it's easy to be missed. Right? <clears throat> so in light of this, I've been just following the events of this week, and I felt in my heart that it's important to kind of place things uh, in order for us as the church so we know where we are and what time it is. Uh, I am not necessarily, I don't consider myself an end time preacher. I don't have infatuation so much with the end times. I'm more concerned with right now. Uh, but, uh, uh, and I don't get uh, too much carried away with, you know, the, the numbers and the dates and the Bible verses that match the dates to the numbers and the time. Uh, I believe there is a, I respect people who give their lives to that. I, I think it's very interesting, but I think anything in extreme can be dangerous, anything. But I do think at the same time, God, Jesus gave us very clear instructions. He made it very simple for us to see. He, he didn't make it complicated, all right? Uh, when Jesus was talking to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 3, it says, uh, uh, And in the morning you say, Tomorrow it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. So what Jesus is doing here, he's just making it very simple. He says, if you can interpret the sky, you can interpret the signs. If you don't know how to see the weather patterns and understand what is coming and what the weather and the cloud formation is telling you, it's about the same amount of a brain function <laughs> that is necessary to interpret the present times. And so in light of that, I think it's just important just to say some things as a church and help us to understand uh, the, the times, the times, this present time that we are, are living in. And I am fully convinced that the times that we are living in is not normal. That it is, uh, we, we uh, Pastor Asafa had just uh, mentioned, it is a time of uh, uh, the end of the end of the end. Now Jesus did say we do not know the day or the hour, but we do know the season. And if there was ever a season that is lining up for an imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is right about now. Amen? But uh, maybe even between now and next week. We don't know the day and the hour, but we know the season. We're living in a very serious season. Amen? So just to kind of paint this thing of what it looks like, I think let's just be very clear. Jesus said that, uh, that the time of the end, at the time of their end, there would be some specific signs. All right? There would be some specific signs. 
Number two, these signs will manifest largely centrally located, the focal point in one city. And unfortunately, it's not Addis Ababa. Yeah? And it's not New York. And it's not Jeddah. And it's not Sydney. And it's not Hong Kong. Are you following me? The culmination of all these signs uh, will be Jerusalem. All right? Number three, in order for these signs to be fulfilled in Jerusalem, Jerusalem has to be a city. Israel has to be a nation. All right? And Israel has only been a nation, as we know it, for the last 60 years plus. All right? Modern Israel. For 2,000 years, this prophecy could have not have been fulfilled because there was no land recognition of Israel. They were scattered. The Jewish people were scattered all over the world. This was until February, uh, May 14, 1948, where for the first time in almost 2,000 years, the Star of David rose up and flew over the land of Israel for the first time and set off a prophetic countdown to the imminent return of Christ. Right? Are you following me? Fourth, eh, once this is established, okay, it, 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 one of the things that has to happen is all nations need to gather around this city and this nation, not in celebration, but in opposition. All right? to oppose and to do away with this nation, which has been the story of Israel ever since its founding, and which is particularly escalated in this time, in the events of this week, uh, as I'm sure many of you have been aware. So in this time uh, of, of war, rumors of war, uh, the Bible is clear that our job as the people of God Okay, it's actually found in Luke chapter 21 and verse 28. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. Some of you are not excited for your redemption. I'm excited for my redemption. It says you have redemption. In that day, look up. Everybody say look up. Lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. Now, I, I say this with a word of caution. Um, uh, while we are to be aware of these things as the people of God, uh, I'm also uh, holding on to these events while also holding on to a, another prophecy. All right? And the other prophecy is that uh, it's found in Isaiah 2.2. It says that in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among all the mountains. And it will be raised all above all the hills. And all nations will stream to it. And that will be manifested at February 14th to 18th at the Africa Arise conference. Tell your neighbor, do not miss this conference. <laughs> uh, but, but I believe that we're not going out weak tired, limping, we're going to go up, go out with our heads lifted high. Hallelujah. For our redemption is, we will be ready to meet with our redemption. And Jesus is not coming for a tired, lazy church. He's coming for a beautiful bride that has fully made herself ready. That looks like she is ready to meet her groom. So, so we need to be watchful. Amen. We need to know the times. 
We need to be mindful that there's another prophecy that needs to be filled for this, for, 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 this, uh, for this end times. And that is that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So gospel is going out. Church is looking good. The bride has made herself ready. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be ready, but we also need to be active. We need to be telling people how much God loves them. This week you will tell somebody that Jesus loves them. Tell somebody that they need the love of God in their lives. Ask somebody, how can I pray for you? Tell them about the love of Jesus. Some of us are so professional Christian. I was talking with Muhammad yesterday. He stirred me up. You know, some of us, we just come to Beza Church because it's a nice place to go and be a sophisticated Christian and check your attendance list. This gospel is something that when people understood it, they give their lives for. Uh, Muhammad was talking with me yesterday. He says, you know, I'm so excited. The Lord actually showed me where I'm going to die as a martyr for the faith. I was saying, slow down. He said, no, 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 I'm going to be there in the Middle East. The Lord has already showed me. And he's not telling me this with great sadness and so he's excited uh, I believe the psalmist said that your love is better than life some of us love our life more than we love his love may the Lord give us a revelation of what it means to be so saturated with his love saturated with his truth that everything else pales in comparison to his goodness amen but do, you, do you know that those who walked with Jesus, the 12 disciples, do you realize that every single one of them were so consumed with Jesus that every single one of them died a martyr, except for John. And the only reason John did not die as a martyr is because he refused to die. I mean, they tried to kill him, but they refused to die. Church history tells us that they boiled him in oil, dipped him in boiling oil seven times in efforts to kill him, and he only came out more shiny. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with him, so they banished him to the island of Patmos, and he was just getting started. He says, while I was on the island of Patmos, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I saw. So, so let's not be sophisticated Christians. Let's go all the way with you. Tell somebody. Tell your name. You are placed strategically to be a light in darkness, not to collaborate with the darkness, not to dance, slow dance with the darkness. Uh, be a light, tell somebody. I told somebody yesterday, uh, I, just the Lord put it in my heart. I looked at him and I said, do you know how much God loves you? Do you, know, do you know that God loves you? He said, yes, I know. I said, no, do you really know? Do you know how much? I think I do. I said, can I show you? He said, please show me. Just the Lord give me wisdom, you know, Holy Spirit. I said, God loves you this much. I said, do you get it? He said, ah, he love you. I'm not saying go do that every time, but let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom. People are lost. People are hurting. You are carrying medicine in the midst of sick people. Eh? How greedy that is that you keep it to yourself. And you don't even use all of it. You just use the part that works for you. This gospel comes with a goal to it. In fact, the first two letters is G-O. I can't say this in the Amarinya service because it's spelled differently. Wangil is not G-O. <laughs> eh? But G-O is the first two letters. This gospel has a goal to it. Amen? Amen? So don't be afraid. Partner with the Holy Spirit. There's some things that happen in you as you share the gospel. Don't be ashamed. Eh? If you're, the, the, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power unto salvation for all who believe. Amen? So we have to be ready. We have to be sharp. But we have to be very active in this season. And tell somebody about Jesus 
Amen. Amen. Now, uh, just some things I wanted to share, and then we're going to pray. Um, this week, uh, particularly the news that comes out of the Middle East, and really the season we are in as a nation, it comes with a lot of headlines that are very disturbing. There's reports of how many people have died and how the rate is escalating all the time and how the children are being uh, murdered. And it's very, very, it's very, very disturbing. And when we are seeing headlines like this, I just wanted to remind the church that we should have our ears open, not to just one headlines, but to two. We have to have our ears open, not just to what CNN and BBC and Al Jazeera is saying, but we also have to have our ear attentive to what thus says the Lord. Because as difficult and as chaotic as it is, it is the pattern of God that in the midst of chaos, there is another report that is working just beneath the surface, that God is up to something behind the scenes, and those of us who belong to Jesus are aware not just of the headlines, but of what God is doing. And what God, God specializes in chaos. God is not afraid of the chaos. From the very beginning, he's the one who called light out of darkness. He's not afraid of the darkness. He works with the darkness to produce that which never was. So I just want to encourage you, have your ear open for two headlines in Jesus' name. Don't be taken by what you see on the surface because that makes you no different than everybody else. And then you start planning and worrying just like everybody else. We have another testimony. We have another report. We move by what does says the Lord. And God specializes his chaos. He does his best work in chaos. He is actually operational now to fulfill his promise. And, and, and so don't be afraid of it. You know, when God promises something, the way he fulfills his promise, it's rarely a straight line. He usually takes the long route and the complicated route to fulfill his promise. Right? When he told his people that I'm going to bring you out of Egypt and bring you to your promised land. He did not go booking business class tickets. Huh? He took them through the fire. Ten plagues, frogs, and hail, and darkness, and blood, and the plague of the firstborn, and a hardened heart of Pharaoh that refused and made things even worse. That told them, He told them to build bricks, without, make bricks without straw, meaning the work is getting harder. The economy is going down. We're starting to worry about the price of teeth, I, mean, I mean the price of straw to build bricks. Eh? We're starting to worry about how we're going to make ends meet end of the month. The chaos is something that God works with. But that's the surface level front page news. But beneath the surface, God is preparing a totally different testimony. That in the midst of this chaos, they were supposed to stand up and lift up their head. Because their redemption was drawing nigh. And even when things went from bad to worst, and they were trapped at the Red Sea, and Pharaoh marching behind them with his army. It was at that very moment that God told Moses, why are you crying out to me? Meaning that God was expecting Moses to operate by the other report. He says, lift up your hands, stretch forth your hands. Hallelujah. And I found that this is how he does it. And so sometimes for those of us who are in Christ, the chaos should not be taken at face value. We should take what thus says the Lord. And understand that sometimes the greater the chaos, it is only a sign. That God is truly at work. Praise the Lord. There is another report. 
There is another report. There's headline news and then there's Jesus news. Make sure you are fluent in both. Don't go on one report alone in Jesus' name. You know, when, when baby Jesus was born, eh, King Herod heard about it. And when he heard that there is a king, one who is called king of the Jews, born in Bethlehem, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 that he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Right? And he ordered that all the babies in Bethlehem under the age of two to be killed. And the Bible says that there was weeping in Bethlehem and the prophecy was fulfilled. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted. That's what made CNN headline news in the first century eh, Bethlehem. Front page, all babies. Can you imagine that just... I mean, we read those things so quickly. That is terrible. That is horrible. I mean, every mother... Can you imagine the crying, the wailing, how everybody for the next week is not talking about anything else? Are, are you feeling me? That's headline news. That's what everybody's talking about. But beneath the surface, baby Jesus, together with his father Joseph and his mother, uh, what do they say? The Immaculate, our beloved, Holy, Most Virgin Mother. At the time when the babies are being killed, eh, the baby Jesus is making his escape to Egypt. There is another headline. That baby would grow up in Egypt and grow up in Nazareth. He would be called Jesus of Nazareth. And he would die on the cross and make redemption possible for everyone who has ever sinned. And he would rise on the third day with all power in his hand. So see, there's headlines and then there's headlines. We have two ears to hear the full story of what God is doing. We have to be mindful in this season of what God is preparing. And what God is doing. And we cannot make light. I don't make light of the tragedy. I don't make light of the loss of life. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like what I'm hearing. But I'm also mindful that there are, might very well be behind the scenes another report that I have to give my ear to. Because God rarely fulfills his word and his promise with a straight line. He takes the long route. Amen. We're doing okay? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is at work. The crucifixion was chaos. It was chaos for the entire... You know, the crucifixion came... The crucifixion of Jesus came right after his greatest miracle. His greatest miracle... He had raised the dead before, but raising Lazarus from the dead... That put Jesus on another level... Like, because this man had been dead for four days. So he did not only raise the dead, he, he brought a decomposing body back together. Which is also the miracle that's going to happen in this last day with this decomposed body of Christ. Yeah? The miracle is that the body will be reassembled again. But it was his greatest miracle. So everybody on this side is talking about him. The, the, the Sanhedrin called an emergency meeting. Uh, on what to do about this Jesus. And they came up with the plan. We have to make sure that this man is executed now. He's gone too far. And so on the heels of his greatest pop populator came his greatest plummet. And, and the, 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 the whiplash of all of his followers. The, the disciples who were preparing their seats next to Jesus when he came, and came into his glory. At the time of crucifixion, all of them abandoned him and left him because nobody expected this. They were expecting a throne of a different kind. 
And understand that God had Jesus to be born in the height of the Roman Empire where crucifixion was a capital punishment. Crucifixion, crucifixion was used at that period as a form not just of execution but as a form of torture. Because it was God's will not only that the Messiah would die, it was God's will that the Messiah would suffer. It was God's will that he should suffer. He had to suffer. And the Romans were experts in torture and suffering. And so if you remember the story of the Emmaus Road disciples, Luke 24, they were walking and they were downcast because all of their hopes and dreams, they embodied the news report, the headline news of Jerusalem in that season, in that time. And Jesus comes to them. You remember the story. They didn't recognize it was Jesus. Jesus says, what's going on? What's the matter? And he says, are you only a visitor? And you have not heard the news that has happened in Jerusalem this day? Meaning this is what everybody is talking about. Where have you been? What's wrong with you? What news? About Jesus of Nazareth. We thought he was going to. But now he is. And now we are sad. And Jesus, what he had to do is take these nincompoops back to the scripture. And reintroduce from ground, from the ABCs, from the scriptures. That yes, that's the headline news. But beneath the surface, there is another testimony. There is another news behind the news. Emmaus wrote, disciples, you're only listening with one ear. You need to listen with two ears. Because there's two testimonies. There is a resurrection behind this crucifixion. There is a Red Sea parting behind this chaos. There is a light penetrating this darkness. Don't go by what you are hearing at surface level. God is cooking something serious. God is so cooking something permanent. God is preparing and paving the way for a glory. We are the bearers of two testimonies. Hallelujah. Even, even in the events of this country, I don't know if you've been with me or not, but things have gone pretty much out of hand, haven't they? Like professionally. And when we came here, we received a word that God is going to visit this nation. That the glory of God will be revealed. Come on somebody. We were almost like following Jesus, kind of like the disciples were following Lazarus. Lazarus' resurrection. Right? And now it's time for the blessing. And everything went from just what, what that glorious event plummeted to a civil war. Where countless of people in this country have been displaced. Where ethnicism and politicization and war have plummeted the country to a place that is completely opposite of everything that God has promised. That to this point, to this day, we're not even sure the extent of the damage and how many people have actually died. Because no one is talking about it. But things go from bad to worse to worse to worse. We are kind of sitting on a, a very volatile you know, like everybody's not, not quite sure what's going to happen next. And then there's the price of tafe. And tomatoes, by the way. Is that just me? And how about just like, I don't know about you, does your landlord get in that mood like all of a sudden and just says... Yeah, okay, I'm talking to the right people. Maybe it's more Amarinya congregation. They said amen. As soon as I met, met, mentioned landlord and read, hallelujah, we went to revival almost, you know? Maybe all of you, you're like professional, you got it made, you're cool. Eh? But, but the thing is that it's, it's a chaotic time for the country, very volatile. And, and the winds and the winds. And, and let me tell you something, whenever things get chaotic like this on the earth, when the winds blow this way and that way, uh, in a matter of a few days, 
Like one day it's cool to be this ethnic group. And then the next day, oh, oh, you better not be that ethnic group. And you can't change your name. You're just kind of stuck. All right. And it happens like that. Okay. That's a sign uh, of something brewing in the heavens. That there is a heaving in the spirit realm. That God is up to something in the realm of the unseen. And, and I was just reminded this morning that when Peter was walking on the water, or, or the, the disciples were in the boat, and they saw Jesus, they, they were afraid of the storm. And they were so taken by the storm, that when they saw Jesus walking to them on the water, eh, the storm had sunk them to the point that they could not even recognize it was Jesus. They, they were on the boat, and the waves and the storm, it had consumed their hearts so much. They only had one ear, and they filtered everything through the one report that they, we are in a storm, and we are going to drown. But Jesus himself was walking on the water towards them. The Messiah, the one who, who, through whom all heaven and earth has been created. The heaven is his throne, and the earth is his footstool. He's walking on the water. The one who can, by his very word, calm this storm, by his his very hand bring the healings. The one whose hands fashioned the, the earth and the one who is in control of everything. He was walking on the water and they saw him. But because they were only listening with one ear, they said, it's a ghost. And they missed it completely. The one who is the answer to this whole storm. The one who is the medicine for every need that you could ever had. The one who the minute he gets in the storm, the Bible says they immediately found themselves on the other side. It didn't say they paddled back to the other side. The storm stopped and immediately the savior of everything in every way. The one who can turn every chaos, every mess, every darkness. He's walking to them, but they missed him because they were so consumed. And I would like to suggest that in the chaos in our nation right now, and the chaos in the Middle East right now. Let us possess two ears, please. I know it's bad. I'm not, I'm not justifying. It's, it's terrible. We are weeping. Yeah, we are weeping. But let's lift our eyes and notice that in the midst of this, he's the specialist. The doctor. The savior. He sometimes walks through the storm. Walking toward your mess. And I just want to remind somebody who has been taken by maybe your personal chaos or the national chaos or what is happening in the world right now. The time is ripe. Lift your head. Hallelujah. Get up and lift your head. Your salvation is drawing nigh. He is coming through the storm. He is much. It's not a ghost. It is him. Hallelujah. Peter said, if it is you, let me come out. Hallelujah. Walk on the water. Let us rise up and let us lift our heads for our redemption is not slipping away. Our redemption is coming to us. May the Lord give us an eye to see in this season. May we walk with our eyes wide open and our ears wide open. We are not like everybody else. We cannot be taken by what the news says on surface level. We have two ears and God is at work behind the scenes. I just felt in my spirit so strongly to remind somebody that you're a child of God. To remind somebody that he is at work in your life. To remind somebody that he who began a good work in your life is faithful to complete it. That he who starts will not drop you halfway. That he is the master of the storm. That he specializes in chaos. And don't be afraid and be distracted by the storm. 
the one you are seeing is actually the Messiah himself. He's preparing to crack the sky. He's preparing to take his bride home. He's preparing for the greatest showdown of the glorious display that the world has ever known. That the, the news will have so much to report that they'll run out of news reel. That as far as the east is from the west, all eyes will see him and every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Africa arise. <laughs> February 14 to 18. Hallelujah. We're in a most unique time. But let's not be blinded by the drama. Let's not be blinded. Let's continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's continue to pray and intercede for this nation and the pain and the chaos that is transpiring before our eyes. But let's also keep another eye on the one who marches through the storm. Who always takes the long route but fulfills everything that he says. Nothing is wasted with him. Hallelujah. He fulfills everything just like he said. I, I don't need to know how. You know, we, we get married. When God speaks a word, our problem is that we get married to the method that we think he's going to use. He is go and his methods, God speaks in many ways, not one way. So, so you, you know, like sometimes the danger of testimony time is someone will tell testimony. Like, for example, uh, they would say, I did not have a husband. I prayed. I came to Beza Church and I sat next to so-and-so. And, oh, Lord, my life was changed. And then you hear that testimony and you say, Amen. But now you start looking. <laughs> because, you know, you expect that testimony to manage. Now you're not believing God. You're believing the testimony. God will take care of you in his own perfect timing. That was for free. That was for somebody. Yeah, I felt that spirit get hit right there. Yeah. Yeah. God is not going to give you a man the way he gave them a man. He's going to give you a man the way he designed for you. You're not them and they're not you. And God does not give you a man. He gives you medicine. He gives you what you need. You're welcome, somebody. Mm, that was good. You hear testimony, somebody got blessed with a job. And then how he came and gave 50, 50 bird in the offering and he went home and in his inbox. And then you say 50 bird. And then there's nothing in your inbox. You're not married. You're not believing God anymore. You're believing the testimony. The testimony is to encourage you about the, the, the God of impossible. How he can do it for them. He can do it for you. Not in the way that he does it for you. For, for them. He will do your, his own way in different ways. In different forms. But it's up to us to perceive it. Jesus. He, Abba always says God is predictably unpredictable. And I found it to be very, very true. So, so uh, I just wanted to be an encouragement to somebody today. He's marching in the midst of the midst. God is in control. God is precise. God will fulfill everything just like he said. So let's have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I would like everybody, if you're able to stand on your feet, please. Hallelujah. We are not waiting here or sitting or sleeping idly. Actually, Jesus is coming back. And the events and circumstances around the news, the stories we hear, events that are taking place 
unfolding in the Middle East in every nation is a reminder he is coming back. But he's not coming back to fight a battle. He's coming back to take his bride. And all of us are part of that team. That glorious representation and who is preparing the bride it is our testimony the love we share especially to a lost world they are going to be encircled with God's love you and I are the instruments to pass that information to share that information I mean when I talk about you know is coming to a prepared bride these days, you know. Uh, have you seen the latest wedding? You almost don't recognize the bride. Um, I mean, I, I was married 53 years ago, and you know, she had this cover and everything, and, and I was able to recognize her. And you know, because there wasn't that much change on her face. But today, there's lots of makeup. Have you seen today's brides? I mean, all kinds of color. I mean, their eyebrow and flying up there in the air. I mean, it's just, you, you, you sometimes find it difficult because you think this is not the person that I know. I think the groom would be having a difficult time. Is this a one? No, I'm not talking about makeups. I'm talking about real thing, the life of Jesus Christ. And when you come, he recognizes you. So don't try to show off. Be real. Receive his love now. He is coming for a prepared bride. And you know what? You don't need any decoration, you don't need any makeup. The blood has done the work. <laughs> This is just the blood, the mark of the blood of Jesus. Finished. When the Israelites left Egypt, you remember, it was the mark of the blood. Nothing else. God is not going to ask you, are you a member of Beza Church? <laughs> no. He only refers to one thing. And that day has come, I encourage you to prepare your heart with the love of the Lord and share the good news. Please, this week, as I asked the Amharic service, can I ask you, this year, how many of you would say, I would share, you know, just the love of God. Don't tell him about Beza and you know the doctrines and what, no, no. I will share the story of God's love to one person. How many of you would do that this, this week? Come on. Um, who else is going to do the job except you and me? I encourage you to do that. Go. Just, just be a friend. Buy him a cup of coffee or tres if, if you can afford it. But the most important thing is not the food you eat or the drink you share. The love. And let your life be the testimony. Tell him. If you really want to see life redeemed, look at me. 
the Lord will give us the grace and the strength to do that. Father God, we thank you so much this morning. Hallelujah. We are a pride and the prize at being prepared to meet Jesus Christ in the midst of the chaos, the calamities, war and rumors of war that we hear around us and far beyond. Lord, let this truth come alive. Jesus is coming. And before that happens, this gospel shall be preached to all nations. More than two-thirds of the world's population has not heard the love of Jesus yet. The responsibility is laid upon you and me. Let's dare to believe God. Let's dare to expect God to go before us. And this week could be a week of transformation. We, of course, we have cared enough to share the good news with someone who has not heard it. The Lord help us to do that. And Father, we believe you to help us be the light, the leg, the eyes, the ears for this good news of the kingdom. Let it be so. Let it be so. A world redeemed through the love of Jesus Christ because we, his servants, dare to share the good news. Raise your hands. Receive the blessings of the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord shine his face upon you. The Lord give you grace, strength and conviction. To open your mouth. And share the love of God. With a friend, with a neighbor. People that work with you. God give you grace and strength. To have the compassion, the conviction, and the love. Because without you sharing the gospel with that person, maybe, maybe, you may not have another chance. The Lord will give you grace, strength, conviction, courage, and confidence. May the Lord fill your mouth with the joy of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of our God's people say, Amen.